Cast. I'm Mel Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. Today, we are doing, for our Halloween special, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, and this is a movie that I called on a previous episode a Halloween classic, and I realized that may be a bit contentious. Uh, I didn't even particularly like it when I was a kid, so... <laughs> For some, it's a classic, though. It came out in 1993, so I would have been nine when this came out. And for people about my age and maybe even a little bit younger, this movie was something that we saw a lot on TV when we were kids around Halloween. So a lot of people really, really love it, especially people right around my age. But uh, when I was a kid, I just didn't like it. But I like it now. I appreciate it Mm -hmm. a lot more now. When I was a kid, though... If the witches weren't, like, murdering people and boiling their fat or something to, like, make flying potions, I didn't care. You know, <laughs> was, that was just my preference. When did I first watch this? Oh, man, you must have seen it easily five years ago. I don't know, <laughs> give or take. Definitely not, like, well, probably. Well, last time I remember watching this, I loved it. Yeah, last year we watched it. And I like it a lot more now because since... I've been a parent. There have been a lot of movies that I've needed to watch more often in order to have more Halloween shows to watch with you when you were younger. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, I ended up watching the Halloween Town movies just because I knew that you could handle them. Watching Hocus Pocus because I knew you could handle it. You know? Whereas when I was a kid, these were just too kiddie for me. I, I needed really gory horror movies. But I appreciate the family stuff now, yeah. you know, especially since I'm watching it with my family. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, it's a, at it's some a, parts. Yeah, it's a Halloween comedy, you know. Especially the witches. Yeah. They are very funny. Well, let's get started part. there. Why don't yeah. you talk about the witches, right? Because, I mean, that's yeah. how this whole story gets started. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you talk about the Sanderson so, sisters? Basically, like, it opens up with... Um, Sarah Jessica Parker's character? Yeah, she plays Um, Sarah Sanderson. mm Mm-hmm. So that one's easy to remember. Yeah. Getting, what's his name? Oh, uh, Binks. They end up just calling him Binks for the rest of the movie, uh, when he's a cat. But, yeah, his name is, like, Thackeray? Thackeray, Thackeray Binks? Yeah. Thackeray's little sister going to the witches to, like, the Sanderson sisters' house with the other two witches. Mm-hmm. Do you remember their names? Um, no. You have <laughs> Winifred Sanderson. She's the one played by Bette Midler. And then you have uh, Mary Sanderson, played by Kathy Najimy. Oh. Um, so what's their deal? Why do they, they want kids? Basically, there's this, they just call it book. Is it's, it like a... Uh, Dr. Spock's Guide to Parenting. They just want to have kids so that they can raise children of their own. 
No. Oh, okay. It's a book, like, with a little eyeball that, like, will immediately flip pages and show a spell. Oh. And they so make... So not an I Spy book. No. <laughs> it's more like an I Die book. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yes, it's a magic spell book. And... There's a potion they want to make that um, if they put it on kids, they can suck the life force and make themselves younger. So they want to be younger. And not just young. They also want to live forever. forever. Right? Yeah. By just keeping themselves young so that they can live forever. Exactly. And so they do that, right? They yeah. eat a kid and then they become young forever. They live forever. No. They just get younger. Mm-hmm. Um... And then they live forever. No. <laughs> what happens to them? Um, so, Thackeray tries to stop them before they do that, and then... <laughs> the first funny... This is where the first funny part's like. She, like, zaps him with lightning, and then at the end she's like, hmm, zap. <laughs> oh, just the way that she casually zaps him with lightning. She's like, zap. She keeps zapping him. And yeah. like, he's down on the floor. She's like, hmm, zap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is in the 1600s. Yeah. Right? This is when the opening of the story takes place. And where is it set? In Salem. Mm -hmm. Though only a couple parts are in Salem. Well, we can talk about that a yeah. little bit later, mm -hmm. too. Uh, at least once we get into, mm -hmm. you know, past the opening here. But yeah, it's Salem, right? And so mm -hmm. these are witches in Salem gonna eat children's life force so that they can live forever. forever. What happens to these witches? Because Salem is wont to do a very specific sort of thing. Of course, they are actual witches. Unlike the, yeah. the people killed during the Salem yes. witch trials. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They are killed, and of course, Thackeray gets turned into a black cat, because that's what witches do. Turn bad people things. into black cats? Oh, yeah. bad things. Oh, okay. They do a lot of things like, that are bad. <laughs> I was like, that's what you know witches mainly for, for turning people into cats? And then it says that somebody will revive them in 300 years Yeah. On yeah, they Halloween. place a curse. Yeah. And so it's, yes, it's on Halloween, not, not but it's a, a curse. a curse. No, it's a curse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, kinda. It's a curse yeah. on the town of Salem. That they will come back in 300 years? Yup. And then roll credits, movie's over? No, Dad. <sighs> so, yes, we skip ahead 300 years to the 1990s, and what ends up happening is nothing. Nothing happens whatsoever. <laughs> It's just, it's Halloween. People go trick-or-treating. Roll credits. Dad, are you trying to make this look boring? <laughs> oh, it's a boring movie. So boring. So boring. <laughs> so, they come back. Yes. Now, let's talk about the modern-day stuff, though. And not just, like, the story. I don't want to just talk about the story, right? The story is obviously kids versus witches. Witches want to live forever. Kids want to stop them. That's the story. But there's a lot to talk about here, you know, namely things like Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. Which that. is something that we know yeah. pretty well. Mm-hmm. Because we went there. Yeah. And I was so scared that I actually cried once 
when well, we went into one of no. the haunted houses. Okay. Yes, I was like, you better specify. It wasn't just going to Salem. You wanted to go into a haunted house. And once you go in the front door of that haunted house, there's no way to go back out of the haunted house. You got to go all the way through. Al was like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And I then keep closing my eyes. Even we, though you we got told in there me. And Al just... sprinted. He 100% full blown sprinted through the haunted house so fast. And like Al is so scared in this haunted house. And yet he saw nothing because he ran as fast as he humanly could run. Amber was keeping up with him as best she could. I did stop. I I closed my eyes for a bunch of the time, even though you told me that, both of you told me that it was just people. Well, no, you, I, were, you yeah. weren't even scared by the people. You were scared I, by just, like, the statues. <laughs> there was just, like, a Frankenstein monster. No, that was, I was scared by the whole thing. The whole thing. The whole thing. Like, well, almost everything I looked at scared The horrible me. part of it, then, is Al didn't even see anything for the rest of it because he ran through 75% of the haunted house or more. I covered my eyes for most of for it. For most of it. Fully running, saw basically nothing. Amber kept up with him. And then I'm a solid 10 feet behind them trying to keep up and carry our stuff. But because I'm behind them, every time they pass one of the people working in the haunted house, the people working in the haunted house missed Al and Amber because they were going too fast and jumped out and all spooked me. So I got all of the spooks. They got none of them. And Al sprinted full bore through the entire thing. I did. I didn't even realize that they... Um, didn't realize we were there because I was so scared. You were just running. And this is, here's the thing, listeners. Like, we didn't take him to one of those intense haunted houses where they warn you not to go in or whatever. This was real tame. This was a pretty tame haunted house. Not like one of the ones where people come out with chainsaws or whatever. Real tame. The scariest thing was like a guy wearing a baby mask who kind of popped out and was like, boo. And like, that was like the maybe the scariest thing. But he was, of course, like, an inch from my face because I'm running after my family. So it was a pretty tame one. And it was like a basement. And you walk down one side of the basement and there's like basically a wall down the middle of the basement. You go around the wall and you go to the other side of the basement again. And then you're out. And it's really, really tiny. And Al made it through there in approximately... 25 seconds in the entire haunted house. Yeah, I like I saw a couple things. I closed my eyes for a little bit and then ran past like most of everything. Yeah, and what you'd have seen is uh, a couple of mummies and, uh, and pallets with, I don't know, spooky stuff on them or whatever. It was pretty... I mean, frankly, our apartment isn't much tamer than the haunted house. <laughs> like, you turn yeah. on our Halloween lights... And uh, it's about the same thing. If only, like, I was hiding in the bathroom with a baby mask on. But we made it through there. Uh, We also went on a little... There was, like, a little tour thing. It was just talking about sort of the history of witchcraft in the world. We got to go to a wax museum. We went to a wax museum. That was pretty cool. Um, But then, of course, we went to the old cemetery. We went to the... Salem Witch Trials uh, Memorial, the memorial for the people who yeah. were killed during the trials. And yeah, we spent a whole day in Salem. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we got up and like we're there that morning and we stayed until it was dark. It took like, because um, we were on a trick trip to go to Salem and... That was when we went to Sleepy uh, Hollow as well. Salem and Sleepy Hollow. And that took us like, what, a little bit more than a week? 
or something? No, we were, I mean, we went out there. It was uh, basically a day and a half trip the way that we did it because we stopped along the way and stayed somewhere in Pennsylvania overnight. And uh, it was like a day and a half to get to Sleepy Hollow. Then we spent the entire next day in Sleepy Hollow. And then we drove out because uh, we were staying by the beaches in Massachusetts, hmm, I, I want to say. I don't remember where it was, but we were somewhere like hmm. we were just like yeah. an hour or two, like a I couple think, hours away from yeah, Salem. Yeah, I think we went to Salem or Sleepy Hollow first. We went I to Sleepy know. Hollow first. Then we went to our hotel near the beach. The next day we went to Salem and spent the entire day there. Then we spent like a day and a half trying to go to the beaches, but it was too darn cold. <laughs> so that was a bummer. And just as a note, if you want to go to Sleepy Hollow, make sure you know that Sleepy Hollow is so small that it's very easy to get accidentally go outside of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> yeah. Terrytown is the place where most of the stuff is apart from the yeah. um, the cemetery and stuff, the big Sleepy Hollow cemetery where Washington Irving is buried. But yeah, we ended up there in Salem for the entire day, like morning until nightfall, and didn't stop walking around and seeing things and doing stuff all day long. Now, of course, you can't see everything in one day, but we did a lot. So, yeah. I mean, what are some of the things that you remember doing there that you want to um, talk about? Apart from going to the haunted house where you sprinted through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, at Sleepy Hollow, we visited the bridge. Well, not Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. We actually talked about that on our episode about Legend of Sleepy Hollow, I believe. Yeah. So, Salem. Other things about Salem. We did go to a beach, but we didn't swim in there, of course. But It there was, was like, like a harbor kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. And there was like a bunch of rocks in places. And we just uh, found some pretty cool rocks that we have up for Halloween. Yeah, they're they're orange and purple. Yeah. We found all orange and purple rocks, and they're now Halloween decorations. <laughs> yep. So that was pretty good. That's also where you broke your mom's phone. Yeah. <laughs> we went to actually two wax museums, because we went to the one that was connected to the haunted house, but we also went to, like, the horror wax museum, where they had, like, the... Like the Jasons and Pennywise and Freddy Krueger and all them. You remember that one? No. No? You don't remember that at all? No. Because <laughs> we couldn't take pictures there, so we don't actually have any pictures from inside because you're not supposed to take pictures in that one. There was like a Boris Karloff as Frankenstein figure and all kinds of horror things. You don't remember that? No. Yeah. I guess we'll have to go back, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that I did say I wanted to do a couple days ago. I know, I know you did, because, you know, we're watching Hocus Pocus, and parts of it are filmed in Salem, places where we were, as a matter of fact. Most of yes. the places where they film in Salem, we saw while we were there. Yeah. And not even, like, on a tour, but we just saw them while we were wandering around. Yeah, so and... you had mentioned that some of it wasn't filmed in Salem, so did you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, because they filmed in Salem in a couple parts, but, like, some of the least iconic places. It would have made sense if they went to Salem in the most iconic place and did something there. That would make it feel like they were in Salem, but... Okay, I see what but, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There, there 
are a few places where when we think about Salem, we connect that idea of that trip we had to these places. Like those things are interconnected, mm-hmm. like the cemetery. Yeah. And if you go to the cemetery, it is way different. Yes. That is a probably the major difference, I would say, in the way that the movie looks versus the actual Salem. Because a lot of the exteriors were Salem. Not when they were trick-or-treating, but like the daytime exteriors. A lot of those are Salem, but not the actual cemetery. Because yeah. that cemetery is somewhere else in Massachusetts. The actual cemetery in Salem is really small and there aren't a bunch of hills. <laughs> like, no, and it's not that super one's like cinematic. up on a hill where everything's on grass, basically. And then yeah. like that one... Everybody can see you, and there's a bunch of gravestones, and like... The one actually in Salem that we yeah, went to? Yeah, and it looks way different. Totally different, but it's also like in the middle of town, that one. Right? Yeah. So the one that they picked for the movie, why do you think they picked that for the movie, and not the actual cemetery in Salem? Because it was up on a hill, and it was like outside of town, in. A lot of people didn't go there that much because it was up on a hill. Okay, so you're saying because there wouldn't be as many people there when they yes. were trying to film? Well, keep in mind, when you film something, you always shut down the area where you're filming. You always have, like, a permit to film there so nobody can go there. Mm-hmm. So even if they filmed at the cemetery in Salem, they still would have shut it down and nobody would have been able to go there. So, knowing that, do you have any other ideas of why they might pick that cemetery over the actual Salem uh, cemetery. Because it wouldn't make sense with how they set it up. Or, like, you might see people or, like, something like that. I can't really think of a way that makes... So, like, put put what you're thinking into words? Like, you're like, having trouble with that? Or you I, just don't know. Under- like, I you don't can't understand. figure out a reason. Yeah. I'll tell you the reason. The cemetery that they shot in for Hocus Pocus... Just looks better in a movie. It does. That's it. I mean, it's got the hills. It's really, really big. It looks more cinematic. It's a a better thing for a movie. Because the one in Salem is totally flat and is surrounded by buildings. And it's not terribly pretty in the same way that the other one where they filmed at actually is, where it's got the hills and stuff. And then keep in mind, there are those sequences where they hide in the cemetery from the witches. Mm-hmm. And there's even the big battle in the end, which all yeah. of that was on a soundstage in, uh, not L.A., uh, Burbank. So they're filming in this soundstage in Burbank where they have to recreate this set. But remember, the like the actual Salem Cemetery is really small. So they can have this big set where they can have all this action take place as long as they set it in a totally different cemetery. Yeah, you know, and so, actually... There you go. The second, the more... The ones later in the movie actually looked more like the one in the cemetery. The actual one we went to? Yeah. yeah I, I can see that. I agree. I, I agree. It, if you think about it, wait, why is there two cemeteries? Then I'm like, wait, if there's two cemeteries, what? It just... Oh, you're saying that yeah. the cemetery that he goes to early on doesn't look anything like the cemetery where they end up? Yeah. That's fair. It's like flat I mean, and it looks more like the Salem one then the first one yeah i think they are maybe supposed to be the same one but 
I don't know. I mean, it's a movie. Who cares? Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff about this movie where you just got to, like we've talked about before, just go with it. You know, yeah. this is one of those ones where you have to suspend your disbelief because otherwise the movie just doesn't make sense. There are certain plot points in this movie that just don't add up if you take any time to think about it. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Al. You're a witch. Okay, let's say you're a witch. Mm-hmm. And you have this spell book. What is the most important spell in that book to you? Um, the one that would make you live forever. Okay, right? Mm-hmm. That's the most important spell in your entire spell book. Now, because books can be lost or stolen or anything can happen to them, including magic books, what should you maybe do? Uh, memorize the, like, best thing in there. <laughs> right? You should have it memorized. So when the kids get the spell book and they're like, oh, we need the spell book because we can't remember the spell. That's one of those things that, as a kid, I was like, why didn't you know that spell? You should know the most important spell in your it, spell book. They memorized other spells for some Yeah, right? That's a good point. Because they use other spells off the top of their head. Do you remember what some of those spells were? Um... Sarah Sanderson memorizes the one that gets children to follow. Right. Yes. So her magical song. Yeah. And then. uh, They use a couple others. They make the entire town's adult population dance until they die. Right. They don't actually die or whatever. But like that's the spell they put on them. What's the other one? What was the the like leader witch's name? Oh, Winifred. Yeah. She remembers the one to raise a guy from the dead. Okay. But so they could raise people from the dead, but they can't memorize the spell to keep themselves alive forever. Yeah. If you can raise someone else from the dead, why can't you just raise yourself from the dead? Absolutely. Can we talk about him? Do you want to talk about him a little bit? Billy? Yeah. I like the... It's pretty funny. He's a zombie yeah. that Winifred has killed already. Yeah, it was uh, her ex-boyfriend who she caught kissing Sarah or something like that. There's just like one line about it. So she sewed his mouth shut and killed him. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's a zombie. <laughs> Some of the funniest parts are with him. Um, He gets his head knocked off two times. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then... What did he say when he opens his mouth? Oh, man. He lays a whole string of insults on her. It's crazy. He's just screaming at her. He's like, he says all that. And he's like, I've been waiting to say that for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. He's played by Doug Jones, who plays a lot of monsters in movies. He's in uh, Pan's Labyrinth. He plays the fawn in that as well as uh, the creature with the eyeballs in his hands and everything. He's the fish man in the shape of water. He's the fish man, or he's in the costume of the fish man in the Hellboy movies, the first two Hellboy movies. And he just plays a lot of monsters in general. So him being here is really fun. I also met him. Did I tell you that? No. Yeah, I met him a while back. I actually may have talked about it on the show and you just don't remember, so... Listeners, if you're hearing this again, sorry, I guess. Uh, But I met him at an event here in Chicago, and he's just the sweetest man. And he, like, gives everybody hugs. He's like, 
you know, maybe not, you know, so much during a pandemic or even after the pandemic, but before the pandemic, he would just give everybody hugs. And one of the things that everybody talks about with Doug Jones is how amazing a hugger he is. Like, you remember his hugs. It's like one of the most genuine, loving hugs you can ever get from a person because he just clearly loves the people who are his fans, you know, people who want to talk to him because of the stuff he's done. He's like so grateful for that. And he's just he's super sweet. He's a super sweet man. So hopefully you'll get to meet him one day. Yeah. But yeah, Billy getting his head knocked off. (laughs) He also gets his fingers like, four of his fingers. Yeah, he does. And then he tries to open it, like, a, like a sewer thing. Yeah, the manhole um, cover. And then he goes, he tries to close it, and then a bus drives over, and four of his fingers are off. And then he tries to lift it up with one of the feet. <laughs> with, like, his wobbly middle. wobbly finger. With the, the one middle finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fun. I guess we can talk about some other things that were actually filmed in Salem. We can list some of those. They filmed in that big park where we ended up playing for, I don't know, a couple hours at the end of the day in Salem. So they filmed there and the schools there. A lot of the streets, a lot of the houses exteriors are actually in Salem. But then, yeah, when they go trick or treating at night, that's in L.A. And then the interiors of a lot of places are also in L.A. But like the one, the major one. Okay, so there's like the town hall building, right? There's the building where all the parents go dancing in the movie. Yeah, you remember this? Yeah. Okay, okay. So do you remember going in that building? What did we do in there? It's like a little museum. There's a little museum and there were all those plaques and you could like read about the history of Salem there. Do you remember this? No. Okay, so the thing is, they go into that building and it's this gigantic dance hall. But that dance hall... If you've been in that building, that dance hall is like three, four times the size of the building. It's gigantic. So when we actually ended up in the building, I didn't connect it with the movie. And as we were leaving the building, we walked by a tour guide who was telling a group of tourists that that was the building where the parents go dancing. And I was like, no, it's not. This place is tiny by comparison. But it's just one of those movie magic things you never notice when you watch the movie that the building actually isn't big enough to accommodate the interior that they filmed in. Hmm. How did they do that, though? Uh, what they did is they filmed the exterior with the kids running inside. I don't think that they filmed the entire building so that you could see how wide it was. But the kids go running upstairs, and we see them in the window, running mm-hmm. up the stairs, and then suddenly they run into the dance hall, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. Hmm. When they go into any of the houses... Those houses are either sound stages on the interior or interiors of other houses for the most part. Huh. When they go to like the rich people party, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So that exterior, that's actually a house in Salem. When they go inside, the inside is a house in L.A. Hmm. And that's just how cinema works. Because we see them walk in the door and then walk inside, our brains just put those two shots together as that's the same place. It's easy to do it if you do that, film the exterior and the inside in different places. Mm -hmm. It makes it easier to find a place that looks more like the other place. Sure. Or you could have it be completely different. Think about like the TARDIS in Doctor Who, 
right? They walk through the doors of the TARDIS, which is this tiny blue box, and then suddenly they're inside this massive space. Yeah. And the characters are like, wow, it's bigger on the inside. But it works. Like, our brains just put it together. We go, okay, cool. It's bigger on the inside. Got it. You know? After you watch it a bunch of times, it just... You don't realize that you don't it doesn't even question make it. sense. Yeah, it's not even amazing to you anymore. You're like, oh, yeah, of course it's bigger on the inside. Yeah, and you don't even think that. Because yeah. Doctor Who is very, very long, so it just doesn't occur to you, and you don't even think anything about it. But we could do that with anything, right? We could go, let's say we go to your school, and we film a shot of you walking into the door of the school. And then we film another shot in your bedroom of you walking into your bedroom. We put those two shots together, and it makes it look like the interior of your bedroom is actually inside the school building. That's just the magic of cinema. You know, when Mm. you take two shots and you put them together, you edit them together, that creates meaning. So our brains interpret these things. And, you know, you see a character walk through a door and into another place. That's the inside of that place. Yeah. Regardless. Mm Mm-hmm. So there you go, man. Did you want to move into the segments? Uh, Yeah. Beastly best. What do you want to talk about for beastly best? What is your favorite monster moment in this movie? And we got witches. We got a zombie. You even got all of the people in their Halloween costumes. Um, Any of that's fair game as far as I'm concerned. My favorite part is when, like, is also one of the parts that you just have to go with. They get their brooms stealing stolen so then they open a mo- right. a closet with like mops and stuff like that and then they use that and yeah and then my favorite part is when mary sanderson just has like a vacuum cleaner <laughs> yes yeah that is a great moment absolutely <laughs> you're like i mean that's wait, a great witch yeah. moment it's like really funny but it's also a good witch moment you're like, like wait that's not a broom or a mop. How is exactly. it going to fly? And then it flies. I'm like, what? It's a really <laughs> smart joke. Uh, one thing that we didn't mention, and I don't know if you even know this, Al, but the screenplay was co-written by Mick Garris, who you might not know from many things, but I can tell you that you know him from having made Critters 2. So co-writer of this made Critters 2. Which one was that one? That's the one where they go to the restaurant, the Hungry Heifers, and they're eating all the food and stuff, and then they turn into the giant Critter Ball. Oh, my. I really love the Hungry Heifers moment. Yeah, that's great stuff. So Mick Garris co-wrote this movie. So really smart sequel there in Critters 2, and then really smart witch stuff in Hocus Pocus. Mm -hmm. So that's a great moment. I agree. Uh, I will add to that, I guess. You know what? This isn't the movie itself, but the first time you watched the movie, this is a this is a moment that something happened because of the movie. We go into the main character, Max's bedroom. We didn't even talk about Max. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> we go into Max's bedroom. He's our main character. He's our main character. Uh, and then he walks by a skateboard and you were real young. And he walks by the skateboard, and you pointed at the screen and shouted out what? Pinhead. Pinhead from Hellraiser was on the bottom of the skateboard, and you were five, six years old. I probably actually watched that before we started the podcast. I don't know. I think like, it was when we when we were... Uh, you may have seen it before that. So maybe this wasn't your first time watching it. But you pointed at the screen, and you shouted, There's Pinhead! 
And I was like, what? Where? I didn't see it. And we went back and sure enough, there it was. So Pinhead makes a small appearance in the movie. Hellraiser's Pinhead. And little Al, tiny Al, recognized Pinhead just like that. Any spooky stuff in this one? Forget spooked? Not really? Yeah, I mean, it's not a spooky movie per se. Maybe when they're like stealing kids' life force, that's a bit spooky, potentially, for younger, younger viewers. Not that scary. No. It's not that scary. There's like a jump scare near the end, but otherwise there's no real spooky stuff. It's pretty family friendly all around. Yeah. Yeah. But there is funny stuff. So we can go to Funny Bones and talk about what your favorite joke in the movie is. Or uh, funniest moment in general. Um, I really liked when they go out of the house the first time and they're like, it's a black lake. Or in a black <laughs> river. You always do this. You call rivers lakes. <laughs> they say it's a black river. So then they push Sarah into it and what does it turn out to be? And they're like, it's solid. And then they test it and they're like, it's a road. And then, yep. And that's funny. They keep being scared or surprised by things that they didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Because they're from 300 years ago. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff with that. So mine kind of ties into that. Because I love the whole scene when they're at Satan's house. Right? When the devil is handing out candy. And they're like, really, oh, there's Master. Master's here. I really you know? like when Mary was on the TV. There was like a baby like going at something in a tiny shopping cart. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, oh, man, that whole sequence there in, quote, Satan's house, right? Because uh, uh, Gary Marshall plays the devil and then Penny Marshall plays his wife. And that may strike some of you as strange because Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall are actually siblings in real life, but they play a married couple in this. So that's weird, but a really funny sequence. That whole chunk of the movie is really good, especially because they show up at the house and when they get there, there are monsters everywhere, right? They're like, oh, there are goblins and ghouls all over the place. And Mary says, I smell children, but I don't see children. Yeah, because what's going on? Because they don't know that they have costumes on and the children are in the costume. Yeah, because it's Halloween. They don't know about trick-or-treating. Then they see the devil handing out candy standing on a porch. And uh, it must be the devil, right? So this is the world just not making sense to them. Yeah, because they've been dead for 300 years. <laughs> exactly. Time for the big one. What's our big segment? Screen themes. That's right, man. So, what would you say one of the core messages of this movie is? Uh, I think I got one. All right, man. What you got for me? I'm thinking that if everybody says that you will do something, sometimes not doing that helps in some way. So, like, if people predict that you're going to do bad things? Or or somebody says that you're going to do this or something. Like what? Give like me an example. Like, um... Or, like, in the movie. Like, where, where, yeah. where are you getting this? That, that um, can From the me. beginning, um, with Zachary, 
because everybody says he was going to guard the place to stop somebody from lighting the candle to bring the witches back, but then letting Max, our main character, do that helped him. Okay, I see what you're getting at. All right, so he set this goal for himself, and the goal was in some way self-defeating. So maybe it's a cautionary tale against that. Is that what you're saying? Like, I don't know what you mean by that. Like, you set a goal for yourself, but the goal in some way is actually harmful for you, right? You think you're doing good, but it's actually something bad. Now that I think about it, let me say that again. Okay. Let me say this again. Like, sometimes if everybody says you're going to do this, and you're like, yeah, I will, even if it is harmful, sometimes it can help in some way. Okay, okay, I can help. I can I can see yeah. where this is a positive. So the way you're wording this is potentially problematic, but I do see something really positive in here, okay? Because the way you're wording it makes it sound like if you set a goal for yourself, you probably shouldn't follow through with the goal because it's probably better to not do it. Yeah. But, and I see where you're going with this, right? The real lesson here, I think, and this is maybe what you're getting at, is that out of failure... We can have unexpected successes. Mm-hmm. He does fail. Binks fails to protect this candle and prevent anybody from lighting it. But because he did fail, he actually finds another positive in life. And that's something that we all need to remember, right? Because mm-hmm. failure happens all the time. We don't succeed much of the time in these big goals that we have for ourselves, you know? Like, yeah, eventually we can. You know, if you want to do this, that, or the other thing with life, if you persevere, you're going to get there. But if you give up, then you never can, right? But the big thing here is that we do need to look for the positives in our failures. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good message. Yeah. And also... Sometimes not doing things that a lot of people say that you're going to do can actually help you. And like not taking not taking rumors basically as a thing. Oh, okay, okay. I see I see what you're getting at. It's not that's not fully in the movie, but that is a good lesson too. Yeah, like if you take off of that can also be something that it says. You can make a connection there. Sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. And I see I see where you're coming from with it. It's definitely like one step removed from what actually happens in the movie, but it is a related message for sure. Yeah. Right. Like, like, don't let other people dictate your mm-hmm. life. And on the other side of our conversation here, if you fail, look for positive ways to view that failure. Mm-hmm. Learn from your failure. Find a way to grow from your failure or see that the new direction that your life is taking you because of that failure, actually has its own positives. Mm -hmm. So these are great messages. I love this. Great work, man. Yeah. So with that out of the way, my dude, where would you like to direct our listeners to go first to find us online? There are all kinds of places. You can go to patreon.com slash word salad, where you can get a lot of exclusives for Halloween, too. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We've got A number of big exclusives that we've posted already, including commentaries. Yep. So we've got other stuff from previous years, but also we've posted film commentaries on public domain films with the entire film. So you can watch the movie with us. Yeah. And there's a lot of the show on Patreon, too. 
Yeah, spinoffs. We have a show called Not So Creepy Critters we've done a few episodes of. We've also done a couple episodes of a gaming show. You know, little experimental projects that we have. Some videos are up there. And then on top of that, I host a Patreon-exclusive series called Cinemuck. So there's a lot of exclusive stuff there. And patreon.com slash wordsalad supports us and Word Salad Radio. Another way to support the show is by obviously sharing out our episodes. That's a huge help. Rating and reviewing the show is a big help. Helps us get seen. So there's that. And then on social media, where can our listeners find us? Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Facebook at the CadaverCast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. And at Instagram at CadaverCast. One word. You can email us at CadaverCast at gmail.com. That's right. Good job, man. So, everybody, we hope you have a very happy Halloween. Stay safe. Watch as many horror movies as you can. And eat candy until your stomachs hurt. Or don't, you know, don't, I mean, don't put yourself out on our account. But have fun, everyone. Have a happy Halloween! You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love you. And thank you. Thanks. Have a happy Halloween.